Welcome to the latest episode of the Brush Builders Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brush Builders Union, Simon Berman, and this month I am joined by artist Max Fitzgerald, creator of the world of hashtag turnip28. Max, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Hello, I'm all right. Ah, it's, it's nice to be on here. It's a very strange experience. Oh yeah, this is your first podcast you mentioned. Yeah, before. yeah. I, I've never kind of talked talk to a monitor. It's, 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 it's a bit disconcerting. It takes some getting used to. It, it does. It's good though. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> so Max, uh, for anybody listening, uh, this is going to be kind of a deep dive on a weird little thing that's kind of taking the uh, miniatures community on Instagram in particular by storm. That's called uh, hashtag turnip28. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into the details a little bit later, but uh, you, you want to give me a, like, a brief overview of what turnip28 is? Yeah, it, it's it's a little a little sort of zine magazine thing that I, I thought I'd make. Um, it started off as a portfolio piece, and it's, it's sort of a very muddy Napoleonic post-apocalypse with strange root vegetables in it. Uh, I'm going to make some rules for it and just like a... A sort of bi-monthly little snippets of information about it, sort of lots and lots and lots of art and lore and, I don't know, instructions and all sorts of things, really. It's just a, just an odd world I wanted to create. It is very odd. And, you know, it grabbed me immediately. You know, I saw that the hashtag and some friends of mine were doing stuff with it. And I was, I, you know, at first I was like, what on earth is this? And I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I want to be involved. And I think that's the experience a lot of people are having right now. Yeah, I've I've been a bit glib and just replied to most people with "It's about turnips." I, I, I mean, that's a bit naughty of me, but I can't resist. I I quite like the mystery, really. I think that, I think that seems to have built the community better than if I had explained everything. Um, so yeah, it's, nice. it's got a real. It, it's being developed by the community to a certain extent. Yeah, it? it's amazing the things people have made. There's this so much good artwork that gets. I get emails full of really really interesting stories. Uh, someone's making a comic. Someone made some tarot cards. Which was just amazing, and I, I, amazing. I want to get all that into the into the magazine thing. Yeah, that's great. But let, let's let's talk about like maybe before we get into what Turnip Twenty Eight is, let's talk about uh, your career and you know what yeah. you do. And uh, you're you're a professional artist, that's correct. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I started maybe oh, maybe three four years ago. I, I used to be like a computer animator doing sort of TV and web stuff, but it just wasn't for me. Really, it was a bit. I don't know. It just didn't gel. So I gave that up and became a freelance illustrator. And yeah, I mainly focus on sort of. I started off doing like Warhammery fan art. Uh, I did mm-hmm. stuff for Mengel Miniatures, just a little little commissiony thing, which was cool. Uh, and then it's just grown from there. Uh, what did I do recently? Ah, I worked on the um, the uh, Cubicle Sevens Age of Sigma Soulbound RPG. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, got, I got to draw Corn, which was like a big, el- big elder god from Warhammer, which was oh, that was great. Yeah, I, I know at least one of our uh, Brushwolders members, Chris Handley. He's uh, he's done some writing for all of that stuff too. Oh, has he? Stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, as, as a in your background, have you been a miniatures gamer for a long time? Yeah, God, like nearly two decades now. I start started collecting little miniature goblins uh, when I was like what, probably like ten, uh, and then have not stopped. <laughs> at all huh. it's fun do you primarily play warhammer and so forth i mainly just paint uh, like the amount of gaming time i actually get is, is very little um but I, I love more time um and little skirmishy games um ma- mainly warhammer but I, I really like saga saga's good oh sure and um mainly sort of just diving into the, the older editions like old hammer 
like the Realm of Chaos books with all its weird mutations. Are, are oh, really those, those, books are, those, those books probably changed my life when I was 13, 14 when they came out. Oh, see, yeah, see, I, that bit, that sort of era of Warhammer sort of passed me by. I was just a bit too young for it. Uh-huh. And then I've rediscovered it, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Like, it's a completely different theme to more contemporary stuff. But yeah, you, it's you almost Baroque, isn't history. it? Yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's, it's got that sort of extra detail to things that are completely innocuous uh, that makes it weird and lovely. Uh, and that's what I enjoy about it. Do you find that was an influence on your, uh, your work as an illustrator? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the artwork in Mordheim, and specifically John Blanche, it just completely sort of changed the way I wanted to draw. Um, because before that, I was more, maybe sort of more of a idealist portrait painter. I wanted to make really, really realistic faces. Uh, and then I saw these twisted, strange and sort of kind of, kind of naive looking drawings. Uh, and they were amazing. And they just changed the way I thought about how I could paint. So now I kind of go for realism. But if there's some perspective that doesn't quite work or the hand's not right, I'll just leave it in because it kind of gives that old, sort of older, stranger, I'm saying, I'm saying stranger a lot, but gives it gives it an interesting feel, which, which I quite like. Yeah, it, it's it's very, um, I mean, naive is probably the, one, a great word for it in terms of the art, isn't it? That, you know, it, it's it, it's done with great skill, but there's something about it that makes it seem almost like, you know, a, like a child's drawing of these weird events happening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it kind of... I don't know. It gives you a different perspective on things. Like if you were to look at like Jura, um, who can who can draw amazing etchings of like a really realistic rabbit, especially for the time. And then you look at his rhinoceros, and it's some hideous monster that's not quite right. And it's it's that that sort of huge amounts of skill crossed with something that's maybe a bit a bit of odd, a bit of odd perspective. It's yeah, a little maybe, twisted. Yeah, a little lack of information or something, something, or maybe like a like I don't know if you're being commissioned by the church and there's they very strict social guidelines that you're not allowed to go across, which is was quite fun. Right. So you know when you, when you were sort of transitioning from your your older style of art to that, was that was that a big challenge for you or did it come naturally? No, it was a massive challenge, really. Um, just kind of unlearning stuff, and because really I'm my basic stuff is I. I kind of learnt 3D animation. I forgot all my traditional art skills. I couldn't draw anymore. I couldn't paint. And then I tried digital, which was completely new for me. And having to learn that from the ground up with no like no one teaching you, it was was a challenge. But I kind of I think I've kind of made my old sort of own style. It's it's kind of a mishmash of a lot of others. Um it's pretty easy to duplicate, but I quite like it. I think it's great. It's very evocative, you know, and um it's really bringing this world you're creating to life. Um, and obviously it's resonating with a lot of people. It's blown up very quickly, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I was going to make it like as a little portfolio piece that no one was going to look at. Maybe my parents were going to donate one thing to my patron. And then that was it. And then suddenly I'm just getting emails and questions and fan art and stories and people actually interested in it. And now it's kind of taken over my life and it's great, but also kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a there's a lot of pressure to actually make something that's kind of cool, which which is actually really good. Like during the lockdown when there's not much to do, and to be honest, work's kind of drying up. It's 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 kind of a nice little little sort of passion project I can focus on. Yeah. So you know, let's let's, let's talk about the uh, the the roots, shall we say? Oh God! You, 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 you <laughs> wait and just do that. 
I, I've been I've, all week. I've been planning to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, where where did it start? You know, to mash up, you know, of all things, Napoleonics. Okay. It, with it came out of pure laziness. I, which is kind of my downfall, really. I wanted to play Napoleonics mainly like sharps. Sharp Practice by Two Fat Lardies, uh-huh. which is an interesting game. It's pretty good. Um, but I didn't want to paint all the uniforms because once you're painting all the epaulets and the buttons and things, and I generally quite like painting to a high standard, uh, it takes a while. So I thought, you know what? I'll put some medieval stuff on them, cover them in rust and mud so I don't have to paint any of it. And then I found it. Then and that's, oh, that's really good. I can make some more of those. Oh, maybe I need to kind of explain why they're doing that. Maybe I'll do a drawing of it. Oh, I need some banners. I'll draw, I'll draw that. And then it sort of spiraled out of control from there. And now I'm making a little magazine and writing my own rules. And it's, I don't know how it quite got here, but it, it, it has. Yeah, it seems to have really taken off maybe initially with the um, the sort of Inquisitor 28 community. That would clearly a big influence as you're using 28 in your, your title as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Admittedly. The name is a joke. I it still makes me laugh, and I'm keeping it, just because it's delightful. I don't know why. I think the name is is just interestingly annoying. Um, but yeah, so it's it was kind of based off um, like uh, the Age of Sigma twenty eight and Inquisitor twenty eight, which to be honest, they can be a bit straight faced sometimes. Um, they're very sure. serious about that because they are absolutely artists in what they do. They are amazing. Like it's always really inspiring to to see the, the little worlds they create. And then I thought, you know what, turnip 28. It's about turnips, and it's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and now now what am I doing? Um, so I've just I've finished all the commissioning for the... So I've been commissioning art, artists for a very specific style of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's been really fun, working with lots of people. Lots of like my favourite artists. Um, often some of them are just kind of finding it hard to get work uh, because of the lockdown as well. Um, yeah. And we're all drawing these little things. And then some artists have come out of the woodwork by doing fan art. And I've been like, oh, God, you're great. I'm going to have to hire you and do some work. And then I got a bit more patron money. So that allows me to hire even more people. And, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. Um, what am I doing at the moment? Uh, I'm drawing squires. for the, the, the All the artwork for the first issue, it's about a dozen pages or so, uh, has been commissioned. And the second issue will be, all, be, all be about sort of cavalry sort of strange odd riders in the in the universe so I'm, I'm working on squires so there's a snail squire there's like a toad squire there's a vegetable squire and then sort of various mutants off that and they That's make so really cool. nice sort of like li- just sort of little underlings you could sort of model you know what, what was the moment you know when you, you first started posting this stuff that, that you realized it was really blowing up and, and taking off um it's I, I think i jumped i think it was just my patron stuff i think Patreon, patron. Um, it just went from like three people to forty in like a few days or week. I, I don't know the exact stats, but it jumped up a lot. And then people were mentioning it on other sites that, and tagging me and things. And it was it was very strange. Uh, and it, the quality of the stuff people were making was astounding. It, it wasn't just sort of random people just like oh, I'll put a few pieces together. People were making entire armies in their own worlds. And yeah, it was. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there was a specific point. It just kind of happened, and I wasn't paying attention, and then it did. Uh, and I hope I hope it kind of dulls down a bit so I can sort of go back into my lair and work on it and then surprise people with something completely different, which is, is kind of what I want to do. 
I think I first became aware of it about a month ago uh, when yeah. one of the guys in, in my club um, started posting pictures of these models he converted that were these these blue faced Mobius inspired. Oh gosh, guys. I loved those. They were so cool. But the big aren't hats. they amazing? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my buddy Matt. And, the, and they were really, they were really colorful, but also kind of drap at the same time. Yeah, and that really that yeah that changed sort of the way a lot the way I saw a lot of the stuff. Which was really? Cool. Yeah, because at the at the time I was doing very sort of muddy. It's all just mud tones, and then I was like, wow, actually bright colors do work if you do it in this way. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So yeah, he he posted those, and he, I was like, these are amazing. But I don't, what, what are they? And he's like, oh, it's two hundred twenty eight. I'm like, well, that yeah. explains it. Yeah. it well, it so, does. It, honestly, it does. It's exactly. You look at these twenty eight scale miniatures, and they're vaguely turnipy in the most sort of abstract sense, and that's it. And that's all you need to know. Get some models and some mud, and go off and do your own. And then that's it. It doesn't matter about anything else. No, that's, that, that's exactly what I want to do. That's exactly what I do. You know, I went and was like, oh, I'll, I guess I'll go look up Turnip28. And I found the hashtag on Instagram and I, I poked around. I was like, oh, this is super cool. Um, and then, um, you know, I was like, oh, I got I to mess with this. I, just, I, I was in the middle of a commission I was painting for somebody. And I was like, I need a break anyway. <laughs> so I, I went into my attic and I, I dug out this box of um, Hessians from Warlord uh, games uh-huh. that I had had lying around for a project I was I'm probably never going to get around to. So I, I chopped them up and I, I stuck some tufts on their backs and... I took some bits from the Chaos Spawn GW kit and gave them turnip heads, um, and then I, I was like, "Oh, this is this is just fun." Yeah, like you know, I saw they're, them. They're, they're, they were really good. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> um, no, they I are, seriously. I, I I love seeing everyone's little little sort of journeys into the world. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you know, because I'd seen all the very you know dark and inspiring miniatures out there, and I was like, I just want a little bit of color on them. So yeah. I I, I, yeah, I did yeah. uh, kind of the traditional like red, white, and blue Napoleonics, and that that fit well with the the rad the turn sorry the radish heads that I had given them. Oh yeah, you got uh, yes. You have to pick a root vegetable. That is one of the most important. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an incredibly religious world. They're they're all absolutely obsessed with these roots that might all just be the same root in different shapes. So it doesn't really matter. Um, right. And and I, I want to try and convey that with the players. It's a, you you make a banner. You spend your time not on your men who are rubbish and who cares about them, but your banners, your heraldry, the important things in life. Yeah, actually, I, I actually got a, uh, a good buddy of mine and a um, my business partner on some stuff. Uh, I got her to design a, uh, a banner for me, which I just put up a couple of days ago. <laughs> and uh, it's probably the best part of my army because I didn't do uh, it. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> there we are. But it, that's that's important. It's a, it's a relic. It's, it's good. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I, I didn't know anything about the project. I was just like, this is really inspiring stuff. I, I want to have my guys actually have, you know, um, radishes for heads. So yeah, I came yeah. With a little bit of background, you know, I don't, I don't really know how they fit into the world or, or whatever at this point, but it was just, it was just really inspiring to just like make up my own stuff and, you know, have this sort of vague idea for a world that they might be living in. And, you know, it gave me an opportunity for a terrible pun. Yeah. I've seen a lot of puns. Oh my God. The amount of puns. Yeah. You, you think you've seen the bad ones and they get worse and then they come from different languages and you're like, <laughs> oh, apparently this is a Swedish pun. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand. But it's it's really good to sort of hear different people's experiences with it because I I think it's it just seemed to have hit a very specific niche of where maybe maybe modern wargaming with the quality of the models and the quality of the sort of paint jobs you see on social media it's pretty high and there's a lot of pressure to kind of keep up with it and then some idiot like me comes along saying hey just smash these two historical miniatures that are pretty cheap together with some like filler and some tufts. And you're done, and no one's going to judge you. There's no canon. There's no counting buttons. There's, there's nothing to 
no pressure and everything looks amazing yeah i mean like you go ahead no 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 what you can say you know what you were saying is you, you, you it stems in part from you know your your desire to mess with napoleonics but napoleonics are such a you know an intimidating thing to even touch between you know, yeah yeah the, the, really the number of models you need to do a, a proper napoleonics model army um and the the historical accuracy that's you know a big part of that community mm. and you know this is an opportunity for everybody to mess with those kits in a very low pressure way yeah the the, the perry kits i think were the my starting block and they're, they're fantastic the perry brothers are great sculptors and they're affordable and they're really good plastic, um, which some other historical stuff can be a bit a bit lower quality. It really depends. Um, but the Perry's are great, um, and I don't I don't think it would quite work without the sort of more the sort of plethora of modern historical kits we have available now. It used to be mostly metals, and now there's so many plastic kits, and you can just smash them all together. It's such an accessible project too, on on every level. You know, where people are producing some really beautiful paint jobs for it. But, you know, if, if your goal is just to have a bunch of, you know, weird root vegetable Napoleonic mm-hmm. dudes, you can do it and have something that looks great with, you know, without too much work and effort, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might, it might, this podcast might sound a bit strange to someone who hasn't actually seen any of the miniatures. Well, um, there'll, there'll be links to yeah. the, in the show notes. Yes, and do, do will, check will them out. A, a taste. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a, yeah, check them out. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this, have a look at the tag on Instagram or on Twitter. And there's just, oh, there's, there's so many weird things. It's great. It's bloody great. And draw, do some stuff your own. Yes. So why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit? Like, so as, as you envision it, what is the world of Turnip 28 in a little more depth? So it's r- roughly sort of in an old history, old future. The Napoleonic War goes pretty badly in a weird, I think, um, I think I've said Napoleon gets defeated at Austerlitz, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, and that leaves a big power vacuum and the world goes to hell and war doesn't stop and technology stagnates and it goes on and on and on and on for thousands and thousands of years and then the world gets churned up by people marching everywhere fighting cannibals into buildings everything starts dying and there's a like an apocalypse as as often happens um and then somewhere along the lines, some horrible, twisting, sort of semi-living, semi-magical, semi-mutating root appears everywhere, sort of crawls across the ground, takes all the life out of plants, is, is mainly poisonous, except for tiny amounts of it that are partially ed- edible, but generally disgusting, kills most of, the, most of the animals or mutates them into new species that are kind of half root, half maybe rat, I don't, I don't know, half swallow, whatever. Um, and humanity kind of barely clings on by eating these things that mutate them and twist their minds into believing sort of strange prophetic visions about perfect root vegetables. And it's such a sort of a, a little story about this world. Um, and I'm kind of trying to sort of keep it very small. So I'm zooming into little places. One, the place I'm focusing on in the first issue is called Sist. Um, and it's about the size of a small English county. Um, Charming. It's just, it's just, it's just a swamp surrounded by sort of burial mounds and fog, and every so often, probably maybe, I don't know, every few generations, the every all these little religious orders obsessed by different parts of the root vegetables that they love, um, all descend to to have a scrap and find interesting roots and do interesting things for various reasons, um, and 
yeah, that, I think that that kind of kind of explains it. I guess that's a good um, starting the, point. I mean, you can, you can definitely hang a lot on that. They're, so they're, they're definitely they're, it's just mainly low fantasy humans. There's there's no like spellcasters. There's no I don't know frogmen. There are frogmen, but they're they're not frogmen. <laughs> they're, they're men that look like frogs, but they're made out of roots. It just uh-huh. you want you want something strange. The roots did it. You you want to breathe fire. The roots distend your gullet so you you can concoct horrible gases in there and you pour gunpowder in and you belch it out so <laughs> awesome you you know it's sort of like it gives gives people a sort of a sort of a set of constraints that pushes them to make something strange uh, earlier on the discord we were talking uh, our community was talking about zombies and it was kind of like zombies generally they crop up in most fantasy settings but for what I'm trying to do, it, taking like sort of mindless humans, it's kind of, kind of an easy way out. If you say, ah, no, no undead, no zombies. How how do you get that sort of shambling horde by using this setting? And there's sort of interesting ideas of how people were creating it without just going, ah, oh, they're undead. And, and I think that applies to a lot of things. So you've got like snail people. You know, like, okay, how did they mutate into snails? Did, they, did this did a sort of weird parasitic snail crawl on their back and just sort of sit there for generations? Uh-huh. Or maybe they, were they were they forced to eat snails instead of the disgusting poisonous roots? And so, but the snails were mutating them. So it's sort of you know, sort of interesting interesting avenues you can go down to. Someone made um, uh, some camel gunners. I saw those, which, those were great. which were frankly amazing. And I'm like, oh god, could I do a desert themed? Is that, uh, is that Kathy 28. doing the uh, the Al Radish stuff? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, but the, I never have thought that people are going to buy elephants, and I can't wait to see what they what they make into it because you know it's it's a Napoleonic war. There's loads of different avenues of historical kits. You could even some people are doing like pike and shot, sort of big blocks of pikemen with little little gunners, and you can sort of work that in. It's sort of as long as you generally don't go past. About eighteen twelve in technology, you're, you're perfect for twenty eight. Just sort of limits yeah. limits things to people marching around in the mud, waving banners, and being hit by cannibals <laughs> or muskets. The, the, the community response has just been incredible, um, and, and the community that sprung up around has just been so welcoming and wholesome in a weird sort of way. Um, you know, the, the Discord you have for your patrons is just, it's just it's just a fun place to be. Oh, that's the, nice. That's good. It really is. You know, I've been in a lot of discords over the year, and it's, it's one of the most welcoming and, and just, <laughs> it's so oddly wholesome. That's the only word I can think for, you know, people are making these horrible, monstrous miniatures with, you know, yeah. nightmarish stories, and then people are posting pictures of their gardens and their the, the root vegetables they've harvested themselves. Yeah, I've got pics of people, people like, harvesting their own vegetables, or, or say, showing me, like, oh, I left this vegetable, this, um, I think it was a few pair of radishes in the freezer at the back, and they'd sort of shriveled up. And they'd be like, hey, Max, look at this. I was like, yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you, yes. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the, the community stuff, it's really incredible. And, you know, I think people, they're taking their own weird takes on an already weird material. Like, you know, is, is, I think it's Kat who's doing the al stuff, which is sort of, mm. you know, her Ottoman Turk, Egyptian style. Maybe I'm probably saying this wrong, but you know, Middle Eastern Napoleonic stuff with, with root vegetables, which is amazing. And then I've seen all this other... Um, People are taking the Ashigaru kits from uh, Test of Honor and so forth and mashing them up to make yeah, them those are great. The paint They're job on beautiful. those is fantastic. Yeah, they are actually beautiful. They really are a nice little little thing. I was sorely tempted to make my own actually. 
Um, yeah, I, I have a bunch of those lying around too. I'm like, well, maybe I could do that too. But that's that's a great thing. It's just you know, here's an excuse to smash two odd bits you've got together to make something. Why not? Yeah, and, I mean, and you could you could make a whole army rather cheaply too. I mean, you know, if you if you spent eighty dollars in in plastic kits and bought some tufts, you'd have a pretty substantial turnip force, wouldn't you? Yeah, and so, so when I'm writing the rules, I'm trying to kind of keep that in mind, really, because I'm basically writing a game that I'd like to play, and I want to play out of two plastic box boxes, and I don't want to spend any more, and I want to be able to play the game. Um, so it's about thirty figures. Which generally, some people have said, "Oh no, I don't. I don't want to go above like twelve, which is the standard sort of more time small skirmish mm-hmm. game." But I feel it's like you don't put the effort into painting or making them; just bodge them together, throw the mud on, put all your effort into making one great character figure who's your leader, or the banners, and that. So you can get it done quickly and with basically laziness. Be as lazy as you can. That's <laughs> the idea. Yeah, I love how accessible it is. Um, so you, you're working on the first issue right now, that's correct, right? Yes, yeah. So I'm doing the writing. Uh, I've got a, someone to help me with the layout. I've got a few writers who can write little bits. I'm calling them I root think... dreams. They're kind of like little little sort of snippets that can sort of tell stories without explicitly me saying, right, this is what happens in the world, which is mm-hmm. nice. And it means I can sort of scatter them amongst other things. Uh, it's going to have a heraldry guide for designing your own heraldry. Uh, basically a very basic how to build your very first turnip 28 person um, as in like just sort of cut here, glue here, tufts go here because I think that is really useful for people just starting out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a community page because I want to show off some of the, the lovely lovely stuff you can you can do because um, it blew my mind which should, should also hopefully inspire other people. And um, then just like little, just a bit of background, a bit of lore and then that's it, pretty much nice and simple. And it's I've, I can set it up, Oh, obviously loads of art, um, but I can set it up where I can sort of dip into it every month or two and reveal a bit more and release some, a, a pack of rules and then maybe, I don't know, in a month, release a little snippet of rules, like the second issue will all be about cavalry and how to paint your guys. So uh-huh. I'll release a little expansion to the rules about cavalry and a little magazine about painting. And then maybe the third one's about artillery and mutants with rules and that. something I can build onto without having to do it all in one go. Sure. Which was my fear of when I wanted to start this. I'm trying to think small because I don't want to promise yeah. anything. It's just me. I'm not a writer. I'm not anything good. But I'll, I'll try my best. Well, I, th- I think you're doing a lot of stuff very well, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems I'm, I'm all right at writing, but I'm so slow. It's, and I spell a lot of things wrong, um, and my grammar's terrible. But I've got an, someone to check my work now, which is nice. Sure. I think your layout person is a Brush Builders Union member as well. Oh, are they? Oh. Simeon Cogswell? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Simeon's a, a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. I think he's yeah, on no. holiday at the moment. I don't want to send him turnips in the mail. Just threaten <laughs> him to get back to work. No, they're good people. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see that first issue. So you're, you're kind of thinking maybe like sort of basic core rules in that first issue? Yeah, so I'm trying to get it out. So don't hold me to this, but about two to three weeks, maybe if things go all right, my computer doesn't break. But Will it be a digital release initially? Yes, yeah, everything's digital. 
but I'd love to in the future combine all the magazine zine things. I don't know what you call them. Little tiny. I see if I say magazine, that's too big of a thing. I think we need a word for it. Yeah, but like a digital thing, you can print out if you want. It's going to be free. Everything's going to be free. I, I don't want to charge anyone anything. Um, and I'd love to combine it all into a book with some rules at the end. Once I've got enough stuff, that'd be sure. that'd be my aim. That'd be my brilliant aim. Um, but at the moment, yeah, just little, little online stuff, stuff that you, I don't know, you just look at it and go, oh, that's interesting, and then get back to making your models. Yeah. So as far as the the gameplay you have in mind, how, how do you see it in the broad strokes? I don't expect you to tell me about the mechanics yeah. or anything, but like, what kind uh, of game do you want it to play like? It's I, I love games like Saga, where it's very mod, contemporary, modern. It, it, it's not bogged down by a lot of bookkeeping or rules. It's very quick. It's very accessible. But it's got some great sort of depth in there that's so i love i love that sort of style of game um but i also really like the horribly complicated sort of after action reports of more time or the path to glory system where you mutate and i kind of want to smush those two systems together with a napoleonic flavor sure um and so i'm going to do that by having a very basic fun i'm going to test it to hell fun system for about 30 guys on each side uh, in sort of skirmishy, loose formation, and then have an after-action report, a sort of system where you roll up injuries or mutations of what happens to you. Uh, like I'd, I'd love to make a like a like a it's a D in the realm of chaos, but there's a D one thousand mutation chart, yeah, and I want to I want to do something like that. I, I want because that's the sort of game I want to play. I, I want to play a nice, easy, fun drink beers and roll dice sort of game with so much narrative squished into it uh, and i'm kind of trying to facilitate as much creativity as possible so all the units are real because that's my worry as soon as you start sort of constraining people to what they can make or suggesting you, you limit creativity you want to keep it open as much as you can so uh, i'm just sort of going for generic unit types uh, your your sort of abilities and special powers you get are chosen out of like schools of maybe a dozen. And so you can sort of mix and match to get the sort of character that you want. So I'm going to start out in the first release by just having like a Napoleonic style of like of abilities you can choose from or, or, and, and, or uh, medieval abilities. So you could have maybe a more sort of ragtag bunch of um, medieval sort of, I don't know, hack and slash people facing up against a highly regimented sort of um, formation-based Napoleonic force. Or you can have a mix of both in different ways. And that's the yeah. idea. Because then I can go, ah, right, second issue's out. Here comes the cavalry school. So you can now have Napoleonic and cavalry or medieval and cavalry or pure cavalry. And then I could add artillery, etc., 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 until I get something kind of fun. No, I think that's a really smart way to approach it. Actually, here's a question for you: What size do you see the uh, the game being played on? Like a like a three foot by three foot board or bigger? People have asked me this, and I have no bloody idea, because I, I would have to test the game over and over again until I get the right feel. Because that's very much a sort of uh, practical thing, isn't it? Really, it is. Because I was thinking, oh, I can test it on tabletop simulator. I was like, no, that's not how real life works, is it? Like. You have a table. You it's you can't just go. Oh, this it works great digitally on this giant table with all this terrain. And you're like, oh no, I've got some books and a box to play on at home. 
Um, so I think about 36 inches by 36 inches. Roughly about that. Sure. So on the smaller side of these kind of games. Yes. A bit more constraint. I don't want to spend most of the time moving. It just, just goes yeah. straight into the action. And then sort of work with there. Terrain-wise, I love the ruined buildings of Mordheim, but making a whole table of that is it, it is too much. I, I never expect anyone to do that. So, like, I don't know, three ruined buildings, like, covered in, like, moss and fungus, or maybe, like, on stilts, uh-huh. or like a decayed woodland, and then some marshes. Like, just, like, you could even cut out little bits of paper. So... No, sort of just just sort of obstacles, really. Nothing, nothing too involved. Marshes seem like a big influence on this sort of first issue. I think you've you've done a really lovely map for that. I had one commissioned, didn't you? Oh yes, yeah, I have uh, by at Black Crab Art on Instagram. He is amazing. Mortis Krebs. There we are. I, don't, I think that's Moritz. Moritz. Ah, I'm terrible with names, but he he does some. He's lovely, sort of almost like John Blanche. It's, it's kind of his own thing. Um, it like it's got that sort of naive quality, that very twisted medieval quality to them, and they work great. Uh, and he's doing a map, and he's doing a few other little corner pieces as well. Um, and they're good. Uh, the map was quite fun, actually. I just I zoomed into a very small part of Belgium, mm, and then changed the names. So if you can find what it is ah. and where it is, yeah, there you go. You can win a turnip or something. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's going to hold you to that. Uh, yes, fine. I'll, I'll send you a turnip. It's, <laughs> it's going to be rotten uh, by the time it gets to you, but there you are. And that's even better, isn't it? Yeah. So is is Marcia sort of a theme for this issue at all? It's just just kind of just describing a world that's gone to ruin. Like after after a battle that people have been marching on firing cannibals into, it's a bit destroyed. It's a bit gross. Imagine that over thousands and thousands of years, fighting on the same battlefields. It would just destroy the earth. Um, and I quite like that, and I love the, the sort of the, the sort of contrast between the pomp and circumstance of marching in straight orders across mud and swamp that doesn't quite allow it. So you've got like half your line sitting in a swamp, sort of complaining that they're up to their knees in sort of leeches, and the uh-huh. other half dry, sort of waving ban- um, banners and sort of trumpets. Yeah, it's it's just so evocative, right? It's it's, it's so weird. I just love it. Um, it's but, it's not know, particularly it's, original. I have to say, it is basically just my favorite thing smashed together. I don't. I'm not some original person. It's just the things I like put in a box I mean, and sort of shaken together. One of, one of the best pieces of advice I, I ever got working in creative stuff was, you know, that you're you're only um, as original as your sources are obscure, and that there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of sort of advice from famous artists. I bothered. Um, I've said, yeah, don't don't try and don't try and leech off your contemporaries. Go back further, find their inspirations, and then find their inspirations, or like the people that worked at the same school as like the classic painters, and it will allow you to be a bit a bit sort of I don't know, a bit more unique in your in your work. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think it, it really isn't a, you know a very unique piece of, of wargaming stuff. I, I can't think of anything out there that you know it's it's really like you know obviously it has its its its, its roots so to speak. In, you, know, God, that, you did that one. It doesn't count. <laughs> um, but you know it's it, it's it's got its influences in Mordheim and stuff. But I mean no, nobody's done Napoleonics plus medievals plus you know. I don't know why. Before. I know I do. I I don't know why. It's such an e- easy like for me. It just fits. There's a gap. People have done 
sort of muddy World War One with or World War Two with like tanks. You've got that in sort of forty k. Um, you've got slightly earlier. You've got you've got sort of the Renaissance almost up to like Pike and Shot with with sort of fantasy as well. And you've got all, but I don't know. No, no one's touched Napoleonics and Napoleonic war gamers tend to be very fastidious about historical sort of application because that's one of the joys of it is sort of researching everything about it and learning so much like even doing this silly little project i've learned loads of stuff about the napoleonic era and it's i don't know maybe it just sort of stands in contrast to that but i I think it's mainly just because recently the plastic kits have come out and they're just so fun to use Again, it's it's about accessibility, isn't it? Because I, I think Napoleonics have seemed very inaccessible to people over the years, and part of that is that the Napoleonics community is they're they're very uh, concerned in maintaining fidelity to the to the the history and the paint. Which I, th- and I think I think is great. I think frankly, I agree. Yeah, yeah. but it it was purely because it was so inaccessible to me that I made this thing because it was easier for me to literally cut up my models and put them put um, blobs of filler on them than it was for me to paint them. And that kind of tells you a lot, really, uh, about how hard it is to actually make hundreds and hundreds of units. Because it, it's oh, not so played over, it, it, it is, it's, it's a whole, it's a lifetime achievement to get an army, really. I've seen some stunning ones, but it's, it's not for me, I, I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, my only much. experience with, with Napoleonic gaming is I, I played, um, God, it must have been four millimeter Napoleonics. At yeah. a convention a few years ago, um, and you know the, the person running the game had these. It, I forget which battle it was, but it was some significant battle, and uh, he had been accumulating the the tiny stands of bases to have every single unit in its actual. You know, um, oh, that's I see that that unit I, numbers. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's I, really I, inspiring. But I mean, he the guy had spent I'm sure five ten years you know producing all of that stuff, and you know it, you know if you'd done it in twenty eight millimeter, he, it, it would be a lifetime project. But even at four yeah. millimeter. It was hundreds and hundreds of stands of units, and it was mm. it was amazing. But I mean, when you see something like that, you're like, "This is cool," but how how on earth am I ever going to get into it? Yeah, because at the same time, you've got to convince some poor schmuck to do it with you. And right. I, I tried, I tried that. I was thinking, "Oh yeah, we can play sharp practice." It only requires like about a box and a bit. It's not too much, but it's still it's still quite difficult to get someone in it. Really, to be honest, it's it's always tough. What I was saying, you know, I, I keep coming back to the, the bit about your community that sprung up and it, yeah. how inspiring and how cool it is because everybody's everybody's really fun and chill and you know and, and encouraging of each other's work. Um, you know, the, the, you know, these, there's all these in jokes that have sprung up around, like you know, hashtag nice tufts. Yeah, um, I know. I need to I, I need to get my friend Christina to make some nice tough emo- emotes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for the Discord. <laughs> But it, it, it's really great, you know. I, I'd say, you know, if there's, if there's another reason just to, to consider backing your patrons, just access to that Discord because it's such a wonderful little community. I'll open it up to everyone eventually. It's just I need some mod teams and time. I haven't got any time. Yeah. Basically, that's the one thing I don't have at the moment. Uh, understandably, yeah, because I'm working oh. a full time job, being a like concept artist and sure. doing this on the side. So I'm I'm bloody knackered. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it, it's it's just such great stuff, and uh, you know, is it. Before we uh, we kind of wrap things up, is there anything you'd like to talk about uh, regarding you know the project and where to find it and what's coming up? In this right, yeah. Forward? Let me let me plug things. Right, yeah, so please do go to my go to my Patreon, um, which is uh, patreon.com slash turnip twenty eight. You don't don't donate anything. I have enough money for like art and things. It's my, donations go towards art. 
in various reasons and writing and stuff. It's just sort of a general money pot. Um, uh, if you do, I'll give you early access to the rules and the Discord, and we can play test it together, and it's all fun. Um, but everything else will be just released for free eventually. Um, I will plug, however, cheekily, um, some miniatures I worked on. Um, Please. A while ago, because they are they're really good. They, I did them for Cult of Paint. Um, uh, it's like a sci-fi range of explorers, and they just, I don't know, they really helped me develop my um, sort of concept skills, which kind of led into this turnip stuff. Uh, and so if you just go to cultofpaint.com uh, and uh, search for their shop, you can see some miniatures I designed and buy them because they're really cool and the guys are cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll check those out, and yeah, we'll put a link yeah, in the show notes yeah, yeah, for everybody. Yeah, yeah definitely. To get easy yes, yes. Enjoy the plug. Yes, good. Um, and uh, apart from that, no, just, just, uh, I don't know. I'm probably the most active on Twitter, which my tag is ah, oh, it's Max's Taxidermy, I think, or one word. Ah, just for just search <laughs> the, the tag. I'll be in there somewhere. Um, we'll, we'll link it down there yeah, as well. Uh, yeah, I'm mostly active there. You can hear my terrible opinions and more tenant-based stuff. Oh, God. So, that's, so I've just been emailed in another piece of artwork. Oh, God, that's amazing. It's like a root priest, and he's he's got like a like a trumpet for a face, and he's he's brandishing like a, a flaming sort of divine root um, whilst chanting to a crowd of onlookers. Ah, oh, it's so good. I just ah, I love all the sort of art. This is that's by Tiffin. Oh, all the all the art is amazing. It's it, it's it's just as cool as the. Menu. Admittedly, yeah, I'm very much aesthetics over rules and background. But you never know. I might find out. I'm actually kind of good at it. Who who knows? We'll see. If it's terrible, I'm, <laughs> if it's terrible, the rules are free. You can you can you'll have some cool minis at the end of it. You can use them for anything. You could probably use them for I don't know some really 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 hardcore history stuff, and you make your opponents cringe at your models. But. Um, <laughs> It's all right, yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah. But I think that's it. That's well, you heard it here. If, if you don't like Turnip Twenty Eight, you can always use it. If you don't like Turnip Twenty Eight, what are you doing listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> you can always use it to make your your beardy Napoleonics uh, players uncomfortable. At a yeah. Convention. Oh god, it'd be fun to raid a convention and set up set up a swamp. <laughs> Just, I'm I'm trying to put together a cos a cosplay outfit. Like I've always wanted to get some Napoleonic gear and a breastplate. So I might as well do it now. You can have a carrot head with that and you're yeah, good to go. Yeah, But yeah. Awesome. It's cool. Well, well, Max, thank you so much for taking the time cool. to talk about this. I'm excited to see more Turnip 28, and uh, I'm going to go mash some more of my own oh, roots cool. together. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been bloody lovely. The Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushwieldersunion.com. Mm-hmm.